There's this old urban legend that says if you take every single person in the world and move them all to the state of Texas, they would all fit comfortably. The thing is, the math checks out. We'd all end up with about 1,000 square feet per family of four. And whether or not you think that's comfortable probably has to do with your current living situation. But that's mind-blowing, right? We're really, really bad at using space. My background is all in architecture and urban design. That's Catherine Darnstadt. Darnstadt. Darnstadt, okay. Mm-hmm. Catherine's work with her architecture firm, Latent Design, got her a place on Crane's 40 Under 40 list. And the president of the Chicago American Institute of Architects has said she's literally redefining the role. Over the years, we've worked on not only creating new urban agriculture food systems, we've worked on new construction, you know, housing prototypes. Today, Catherine heads up Boombox, a company that wants cities to rethink how they use their space. And when she first started the company, what she found out quickly was that this was a problem that everybody knew about and nobody really knew how to solve. As the years went on, we met with various community organizations, chambers across the city, and it's the same problem that would come up. It's like, how, what do we do about vacant space? Well, how do we, what do we do about vacant storefronts? How do we support our local businesses better? Catherine's solution, basically, make portable buildings. We propose, well, what if we made, what if we brought the idea of concession stands to public spaces? And we're not talking about food trucks or push carts here. It could be a community center. It could be, you know, an artist studio. It could be a theater space. It could be a pavilion. Catherine's solution was so beautifully elegant, so uniquely Chicago, that, of course, there were going to be problems. And they're like, hey, we like it. We, they chose our proposal. And then we're like, okay, but I think it's completely illegal, so we have to figure out actually how to do this. <laughs> uh, that's that, the one caveat. Like, you could select our proposal, but we're pretty sure you can't actually do it in the city so, of Chicago. So, so not just, like, metaphorical rule-breaking, literal rule-breaking, rule ordinance literal, violations. Literal <laughs> ordinance violations. So we had to write a new one. Today, we're talking about bridging the gap between startup and storefront and bringing equity to our shared spaces. I'm Jesse Batend, and this is Innovating Chicago Style. In Chicago, we have three container yards, and they actually divide parts of the west and the south side of the city. So the idea of growing up on the wrong side of the tracks, you could grow up on the wrong side of the container yard, Hmm. and it literally blocks out huge chunks of the city from one another. And they just sit there. I mean, they're moonscapes. You walk on one of the yards, you see containers stacked six, seven, eight high, and you have no bearing or context around you at all. The Chicago Container Yards, or the Moonscapes, as I insist we call them, were obviously a problem. They were a huge waste of space, and that problem wasn't slowing down. In fact, it had momentum. We're only going to get more and more of them. It's less expensive to ship it one way and just leave it here than it is to ship it back with another... with another haul of product in it, so you're actually going to get more one-way containers. We're getting containers that have only been across the ocean once. Every day, more shipping containers come in, get loaded onto the docks, then onto a truck, quick stop, crack it open, dump out the load, then back onto the truck before moonscapes. And they're more than just ugly. 
For Catherine, they're a physical illustration of a basic systemic problem throughout the city. When we think about that larger ecosystem is really like how do we take vacant land and actually start to revitalize our commercial and community corridors and create spaces that businesses can thrive and coexist and collaborate together. Those moonscapes gave Catherine an idea. What if you could reuse those containers for something else? That's really where it all comes together. It suddenly hit her. This is a, a structural unit. It's a Lego block, mm-hmm. and you could use yeah. it any other way you want to. We take a container and we cut out all four sides, and then we use it as a structural module unit. So it's a structural element of this steel. We build it in a warehouse and then essentially disassemble the new facade. And then we rebuild the sides, the new cladding, and we have this kind of zigzag cladding on the exterior. And it's a new insulated, fireproof, designed wall. And then those walls can peel off. We could ship it to the site just on a flatbed truck. Like the same truck that you see towing a car wow. every so often in the city. We could drive that onto the site, drop it on the site. And by the end of the first day, you have a framed out building. Catherine's idea was to partner with the city to create what she calls pop-up retail stores. Small spaces where fledgling businesses could bridge the gap between the kitchen table and a public retail space. Let's find a use for essentially trash that we have in our city. Our resident spatial consolidation expert, Mike Bechtel, would put it slightly more technically. By taking industrial exhaust in some ways and saying this this is going to be our our molding clay, Mm -hmm. uh, that's compelling. Pardon the, the, the old frame, right? But, you know, what, one person's trash is another person's treasure. Yeah. The joke internally is from George Carlin. He says one man's shit is another man's stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we think this is the stuff that ships are <laughs> shit or the shit that <laughs> ships are stuff. Like, which, whichever way you want to look at it is really what Coming up, Catherine understands the problem. She's figured out a solution. And she has the ears of a city that claims to want change. What could possibly go wrong? The only small buildings that can exist are sheds and garages, right? And so that's where um, we had an idea uh, with Boombox is we worked with the city of Chicago um, and with the Department of Transportation where they at the same time were looking at how are we providing spatial opportunities for people to kickstart an idea for they could go from their kitchen table to the next phase, right? Right now we go from like kitchen table and you have to do like Shark Tank, you know, or kitchen table and you have to go straight to a 2,000 square foot storefront. So there's nothing to scaffold in between in terms of affordable space sense. And that's where things got a little bit tricky. We had to go and and modify existing ordinance to allow for a container to be used as a structural element. That's where so many of the cooks came into the kitchen because we work with on average seven different departments. At the same time, Catherine realized that the nightmare hours of tweaking policy and tracking down forms to fill, it was more than just an inconvenience. When you think about that, that's what the average business or non-for-profit or artist who wants to open in a gallery is working with. Before you talked about sort of the the higher social civic mission Mm -hmm. of what you were up to, Mm -hmm. my my naive ears coming into this Mm -hmm. story was, oh yeah, you know, spirit Halloween stores, they're Mm -hmm. everywhere. Yeah, Uh, yeah. But I, I can see how you've taken that same 
concept and dusted it off for a much higher purpose in, yes. in, in the city. Right. I mean, you could look at our own um, economic data from the chamber at the city level, the county level, or even the national level. And the majority of businesses that create the most jobs and actually create the most revenue are considered micro enterprises. And a micro enterprise makes under half a million dollars or less. Hmm. Gross revenue per year. So you're talking between like 47 and 54% of all businesses are that, depending on which metric you use, state, city, national. So if we're not making spaces for the majority, then we're actually failing who we call the backbone of our you know, neighborhoods. The businesses are the backbone, right? We hear that term quite a bit, but we're not actually making it viable for them to truly exist. With the city finally on board and a giant pile of red tape in the distance, Catherine turned to the final roadblock, funding. We went around and tried to find venture capital, tried to get a loan, and like even with amazing credit to businesses, multiple awards, like good standing across the board. They're like, new idea, $5,000. They're like, but it's a new idea and it needs $50,000 and we could actually get it done. So Catherine decided she wasn't going to wait. She funded the project herself with profits from her architecture firm, Leighton Design. There was a limited window of opportunity. So we took that chance and we had immediate success. The first year we put up the boombox, we put it up in 2015. It was the first example of micro retail in the city of Chicago. We have a continual population decline that comes from mostly communities of color. Part of the barriers we break down within Boombox is like, I'm a woman-owned minority business in architecture, engineering, and construction in and real estate development now, right? I created a new piece of real estate in a field that's majority, that doesn't look like me at all. And so conversely, our vendors were started to meet that demographic and hit that demographic that is traditionally underserved within not only startup funding, mm-hmm. um, small business loans, and then access to spaces within commercial real estate. So 23 vendors the first year, 19 were women or people of color. Three of them ultimately moved into their own storefronts, true brick and mortar within a year. We had a pop-up, you know, true Chinese-style tea shop in the space. We had um, vegan cupcakes. Like, that's a thing. Right now we have a smoke shop in the space, so you could get, you know, kind of like designer ceramic smoke goods, you know, because that's now a new trend <laughs> that is coming online. I mean, we've even had a one-person theater in there, wow. and we've had a concert. You know, so the <laughs> way it's designed is our whole entire storefront is operable, so you could turn a lever and just open up the whole entire storefront, and now it's a stage. It's striking to me that you guys took a real big risk. Huge um, I mean, it sounds like you knew. I know that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it doesn't, in a monetary sense, it's a very small risk for many people. Like, you'd be like, you spent 50 on this? Like, that's nothing. And you're like, no, no, no. That was, like, six years of starting up my architecture firm. That was from like, an, another from, business that from you From another ran. business that we had, you know, that, like, you grew from nothing. Um, I think where the big risk came in is we're actually taking a lot of the risks off the plate of other small businesses. But that's... That's stuff that could probably stop uh, an endeavor before it even gets oh, started. Oh, the back absolutely. back and forth, the waiting, the, yeah. yeah. Not even knowing the right form to fill out. And we understand why they never kind of formalize or grow or scale. The micro enterprises are essentially the gray economy that exists at every festival, every, you know, holiday pop-up. You know, those are the businesses that we love and we purchase from. But for them to go from a 10 by 10 festival tent to a thousand square foot storefront, they have to grow their business 10 times on average every month. Like that's the spatial math that we're not really thinking of. 
we developed the skyscraper here. We yeah. developed that technology. We have such a historic, um, a, such a rich history yeah. of creating innovations for how cities work and are built. And we are stagnating. Making a better brick. Yeah. You know, hmm. to build with. Making a lighter brick or, or a sure. brick that breathes or where this currently resides is like PhDs and like MIT lab. How do you get those ideas out of the lab and into the real world? How do you right. prototype? You, innovation has and, and startups have an MVP, right? right? A minimum viable product. We don't have an MVB. We don't have a minimum viable building. And that's what Boombox is. And that's what we need to start to look at. We prototype at 100%. It's done. Like, that's it. Right? <laughs> yeah. we, don't I, pro- we don't prototype. I love it. Yeah. I, MVB is a keeper. Yeah. And, and I tell you, you're, you're right. So many people running around worrying about bits instead of atoms, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. here you are saying, "What about stuff?" Yeah, you know, and, that, and that matters. I think it's huh. stuff still matters. Yeah, to your more elevating point, this is Daniel Burnham's town, mm-hmm. man. Let's let's stand on the shoulder of some literal giants, yeah, right. and, and And retake Chicago's throne as a building capital. Right. I think I absolutely agree with you. I mean, so we could make we could make some big plans with tiny spaces. I absolutely agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> I see what you did there. That's nice. That's nice. (laughs) Innovating Chicago Style is brought to you by Chicago Innovation and Rivet. Thank you to our guest, Catherine Darnstadt, with Boombox and Latent Design. Find out more about Boombox's attempts to revitalize and bring equity to public spaces throughout the city at boomboxchicago.com. The show is hosted and produced by Rivet's Jesse Batend. Special thanks to our resident experts, Tom Statt and Mike Bechtel, the entire Chicago Innovation team, and of course, Chicago Innovation co-founders, Dan Miller and Tom Kuzmarski. For more info about the show or to attend one of our many events throughout the year, visit chicagoinnovation.com. <laughs>